we're in a new, brand new series called See the Light, and it's all about Christmas, and we're going to be taking Christmas stories from the Word, and uh, every week I'll be sharing a different kind of story that is around that Christmas season and uh, pulling some truths out of it. So this is Luke chapter 1, verse 6. Man, I'm trying to catch my breath from that worship. That was unbelievable. Did anybody record that? Any ghetto phone people out there, like record it? Send that to me so I can remember. Thank you, brother, right there. Send that to me. That was an, I'm singing it going, I hope someone's recording this because this is fire. We could use this later. Zech- Zechariah. Am I like so honest up here? I'm like, hey, everybody got a phone recording of that thing. Zechariah, Zechariah and Elizabeth were righteous in God's eyes. Careful, careful to obey all the Lord's commandments and regulations. They had no children because Elizabeth was unable to conceive and they were both very old. One day Zechariah was serving in the temple for his order was on duty that week and as was the custom of the priest, he was chosen by law to enter the sanctuary and uh, of the Lord and burn incense. While the incense was being burned, that's a picture of prayer. It's a picture of prayer for God's people going up. A great crowd stood outside praying and while Zechariah was in the sanctuary, an angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing to the right of the incense altar. Zechariah was shaken and overwhelmed with fear when he saw him. But the angel said, do not be afraid. God has heard your prayer. Do not be afraid. God has heard your prayer. Your wife Elizabeth will give you a son, and you are to name him John. I want to preach just for a couple of minutes from the subject. God heard your prayer. God heard your prayer. God heard your prayer. Now, I want you to find someone that you're sitting around, preferably a stranger, so it's a little more awkward. Or if you're married and fighting, I want you to talk to your spouse because it'll be good to break the ice. <laughs> so either either a fighting spouse or a, or a stranger, find someone around you, tell them this. Say, say hey, neighbor. Nice to meet you. Not fear. God has heard your prayer. Okay, we're gonna try that one more time because I felt like some of you had a stuck-up neighbor. I'm gonna give you a second option. Find one more person. Say, "Do not fear." God has heard your prayer. Awesome, Father, in Jesus' name, speak now by your word. Jesus' name, Amen and Amen and Amen and Amen. I want to uh, tell somebody this tonight that maybe doesn't know this or maybe hasn't heard this in a long time or maybe at one time you believed this and you stopped believing it. I've come to remind somebody tonight that God answers prayer. <laughs> God answers prayer. Just, just by a show of hands, who's ever seen God answer a prayer? Can I see your hand? Can I see? Look at all these miracles. And by the way, the person that's probably who didn't raise their hand, you are an answer to prayer because you're here because probably mama prayed you in, grandma prayed you in, this preacher prayed you in. But I promise you, God answers prayer. Our God is a prayer answering God. Prayer is not a commandment from heaven. Rather, it is an invitation from heaven. It is God inviting men into his presence. Prayer is when earth invites heaven into their circumstance. Prayer is the gateway to the supernatural. Our God is a prayer God. He's a prayer answering God. And I'm telling you, prayer can can go way beyond 
the discipline of it. And it starts by a discipline, but it doesn't have to stay a discipline. I promise you that if you'll stay in prayer long enough, that discipline will turn into a delight. It'll actually turn into an addiction because his presence is so amazing that you will need to pray. You will literally, some of y'all right now, you need a smoke break, but I'm telling you, for some of you, you're about to need a prayer break. Go to your car, turn on the praise and worship. I just get a little dose of the Holy Ghost real quick because because prayer is a delight, not just a discipline. Our God answers prayer. He said in Jeremiah 33, 3, call unto me and I will answer you and I will show you great and mighty things you do not know. Psalm 116, verse 1, I love the Lord. Here's why I love him, because he hears my voice and my prayer for mercy. Isaiah 65, 24, one of my favorite passages in all the Bible says this, I will answer them before they even call to me. God says, I know you're about to pray. And so while you're preparing to pray, I'm going to start preparing your answer. I know that you're going to seek me in the morning. So tonight I'm already begin, I'm going to begin to move things in your favor. God said, before you ever say amen, the answer is already on the way. While they are still talking about their needs, I will go ahead. Prayer goes ahead of you. <laughs> Prayer puts you at two places at once. I'm here praying, but my prayer has gone ahead of me and is already preparing the answer. So I'm here, but I'm there. Prayer is supernatural. I'm here believing God, but the prayer has already gone there preparing the thing that I'm believing God for. He said, I will go ahead of them and answer their prayers. Here's another one, Philippians chapter 4. Do not be anxious about anything. But in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. Our God answers prayer. So here's the tension. I said it. And now I'm waiting to see it. And there's this middle ground. <laughs> It's not that God doesn't answer prayer, Garth Brooks. Sometimes I thank God for unanswered prayers. No country music lovers all day. There, there is no such thing as an unanswered prayer. There's a yes, there's a not yet, and there is I have something better for you. But there's no unanswered prayer. And while the devil shouts no, God says yes. But I said it. I believed it with my heart. I confessed it with my mouth. But now I'm waiting to see it. What do I do in the middle? And by the way, most of life is in the middle. <laughs> and we love mountaintops, but between every mountaintop is a valley. And most of life is lived in the valley. And let me remind you, there is no fruit on the mountaintop. There is only fruit in the valley. So stop cursing your valley, complaining about your valley. Learn how to dwell in the valley, live in the valley, eat in the valley, and get everything God has for you in the valley. So I'm in the middle, and I'm waiting to see what I said. I'm waiting to see the manifestation of the answer to my prayer. What do I do in the middle? I think we see some things right here in the text that can help us. Here's the number one. Remain faithful in hope. 
while I'm waiting to see what I said, remain faithful in hope. Now, this scripture means a lot to me. It might not mean a lot to you, but it's, it's really kind of my life story. Verse 8, one day Zechariah was serving God in the temple. Like he was believing for a son at one point of his life, hasn't seen the manifestation of what he's believing God for, so he just remains faithful in the temple. <laughs> this is not fun preaching or exciting preaching or shout preaching, but this is the preaching that will change your life. There, faithfulness is a Bible word that God loves that we don't like to talk about so much anymore, but life is really lived in that faithful season. Learning how to be faithful in the temple, faithful at work, faithful with your spouse, faithful with your family, faithful with the thing God put in your hand. Just learning how to be faithful while you're waiting. Learning how to be faithful in hope. See, we love preaching faith in church because faith is exciting and faith is now and faith gets answers and we love faith and a lot of people claim that they're full of faith but if you're not faithful maybe you're not full of faith am I preaching to anybody besides the front row tonight you got to learn how to be faithful I, 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 I love preaching on faith. Faith is exciting, but life is really lived in faithfulness. I love verse 6. The Bible said Zechariah was careful to obey he just, he just lived a life of integrity. Verse 8 says he was serving in the temple. He was just doing what he knew to do. See, a lot of people are talking about next. We love next in the body of Christ. Who's next? What's next? I'm believing for next. They weren't good enough for me. Next. You know, whatever. We're always, we, we love next in the Bible, but God doesn't like next. God likes now. So check this out on the screen. While you're waiting on what to do next, do what you know to do now. Jamin, I'm just believing God for my next word. But are you doing what God's called you to do now? Because what you're doing now is actually a picture of what you would do next. So if you're not stewarding now, why would God give you next? If you're complaining about now, one day next is going to be now. And so, so we're talking, I want what's next for me. I want my next level. Jabin, give me a word for 2019. I need a prophetic word for 2019. Ah! Here's your prophetic word for 2019. Do whatever God told you to do in 2018. Let's start there. And if he didn't talk to you in 2018, maybe it's because there's still a word from 17. Or 16. Or 11. Or 1996, I don't know, but why would God give you a new word if you haven't done anything with the last word? Recently, a preacher said, Pastor Jabin, what is God speaking to you? Praise God. You know, preachers are so weird, you know. And I said, well, brother, praise God. And no, I didn't. I said, uh, I said, well, about two years ago, he told me to plant a church, so I've been kind of doing that. But what's the fresh word? I don't really have a new one. I just have that one, so I'm working it and hustling. I'm still in the grind on the last word. So God said, start a church, southwest part of town, help people, help people win, have a lot of small groups. Uh, do that. So I haven't really had a fresh word 
since I got my word May 2016 when my wife and I were in Las Vegas on vacation and I got a clear word from God that we're supposed to plant the church. That's really probably the last word I got. And it's, yeah, and it's all we really need because I'm going to live in that word. Until God says something else, I'm going to keep working that word. And some of y'all want a new word, but you have another thing with the last word. And you're praying about what's next. And God's saying, stop obsessing with what's next and put your hand to the plow right now and do what I put in your hand right now. Because if I can trust you in the now, maybe I will give you more in the next. And I know this isn't exciting, but I promise you it'll change your life. Are you being faithful with what God's given you? Look at Isaiah 40, verse 31. Those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not be faint. Now see that word wait is an incredible word. The first definition of that word wait in the Hebrew is to look with hope. Look with hope. Not look with complaining, not look with fear, not look with worry, look with hope. Look with expectation. That word hope means positive expectation for good. I'm waiting, but I'm expecting good. I'm not dreading, I'm expecting. I'm not, I'm not living in, in the negative that could be. I'm living in the, in the possibility that God has something good for me. Now the antonym for hope is facts. In your English language, the antonym for hope is facts. Facts are loud. Facts are obvious. And facts are everywhere. Hope is a whisper to your soul. And by the way, you wouldn't need hope if you weren't waiting. Like we like to talk, yeah, Jesus is like the hope of the world, like. I just find so much hope in Jesus. And we like the word hope. But you only need hope if you're waiting. So we curse the waiting season. But you only get to experience the God of hope. Romans 15, the God of hope. You only get to experience hope if you're waiting. <laughs> but just because you're waiting doesn't mean you're hopeful. Because you can wait in fear. You can wait in worry. You can wait in complaining. or You can wait in hope. Believing that something good is on the other side of this season. So I'm not going to wait with worry. I'm going to wait with worship. And I'm not going to wait with complaining. I'm going to wait with hope. Looking for the positive expectation on the other side. So see, I may be waiting, but I'm hopeful. I may be waiting, but I'm joyful. I may be waiting, but I'm expectant. Because I know that better days are ahead for me, and by the way, while you're waiting, you're actually getting stronger. Because the Bible says those who wait renew their strength. You don't get strength renewal without waiting. <laughs> you don't learn to fly without waiting. You don't learn to run without waiting. You don't learn to walk without waiting. It's in the waiting that I learned to fly. It's in the waiting that I learned to run. It's in the waiting that I learned to walk. I could not learn it any other way. So while you're waiting, you're getting stronger. While you're, while you're waiting, you're learning things that you cannot learn any other way. Don't curse the waiting season because you're learning to fly. You're learning to run. You're learning to walk into all that God has for you. A waiting season is never a wasted season. 
Some of y'all single people, you're so lonely. You're so lonely. So lonely. I see the man. I see the girl. It's so cold outside. I just need a cuddle. Learn to wait. Because that self-control is actually going to really help you when you're married. Because if you can't stay faithful to God when you're single, what makes you think you'll be faithful to your spouse when you're married? Help me preach. Help me preach. Help me preach. Help me preach. But I love her and I want to let her know. No, no, no. She is not yours. She's God's. And until there is a ring on the finger, and I'm not talking about an engagement ring. I'm talking about marriage. Oh, man. This is fantastic. Okay. So you better learn how to honor her as a girlfriend and a fiance. Because if you don't, you'll never honor her, sir, as a spouse or as a mother. And ladies, the same goes for you. It's, it's not a wasted season. It's a waiting season. But I'm learning how to walk in patience. I'm learning how to run with endurance. I'm learning how to fly at a high level in this season. And I'm not going to curse it. I'm going to look with hope. And I love this other definition of, of weight in the Bible. It says to come together or to bind together. <laughs> those who wait on him. Notice that it said those who wait, plural, not him who waits, singular. Those who wait. This, this word literally means to come together and bind up with someone else arm in arm. God says, don't wait alone. Wait in community. Wait with brothers and sisters. I'm grieving. Grieve with a brother. I'm hurting. Hurt with a sister. I'm lonely. Be lonely in the house of God. Don't be lonely outside of the house of God. Jabin, I'm grieving. Grieve with your brothers and sisters. Don't grieve without them. And by the way, just because you're grieving doesn't mean you don't have hope. The Bible said that we grieve, but not like those without hope. You know, it's possible to grieve and have hope at the same time. Just because I'm grieving doesn't mean I'm hopeful. But I'm going to make sure I grieve with the right people who are going to keep me going in the right direction. So even when I cannot move and I'm crying on their shoulder, they'll pick me up and keep me going in the direction of my destiny because I'm going to bind together. In the, I refuse isolation in this season. I'm going to bind together in this season. See, Zechariah was waiting on his promise in the house of God. Serving with God's people. Doing God's work. Prayed his prayer, said what he had to say, hasn't seen anything, but knows where to wait. Refuse isolation. Number two, that took way too long. Number two, reject the fear of disappointment. Reject the fear. Fear is an illegal intruder into the home of your heart. And you have to deal with it quickly because fear grows <laughs> fear lies and fear listen to me fear is the most obvious emotion to your life in times of struggle so that's okay 
doesn't mean you're a bad person because you're fearful. It means you have every right to be. But it also does not negate the fact that fear is not given to you by God. And that means you don't have to live with it forever. <laughs> you, me, and Dupree. <laughs> Some of y'all got a third wheel living with you called fear, and you haven't rejected it and kicked it out of the house. And eventually you have to say, you are here illegally, and in the name of Jesus, I refuse to let you live in my heart any longer. Look what the Bible says, 2 Timothy chapter 1, for God has not given us a spirit of fear. So it's not from God, so you don't need it. Here, here's the life of the believer, power and love and a sound mind. You know, the Bible's full hundreds and hundreds of times. Fear not. Do not be afraid. Be not afraid. Do not fear. All over the Bible. It's just everywhere. Why? Well, let me tell you why. Because life is scary. Have you lived long enough to know there's times that it's just overwhelming? That life is just unreal? Have you noticed that life just keeps showing up? Just keeps, Monday keeps coming. Life keeps coming. Go on vacation. It's still going to be there when you get back. Take an Instagram hiatus. When you come back, it's still there. Put your do not disturb on your phone. Whenever you take it off, life is still there. Life just keeps coming at you. And fear is a messenger. Listen to me. Fear speaks. Fear says it will not work. Fear says it'll never get better. Fear says this will always be your life. Isn't, isn't it amazing that when you're in a moment of struggle, fear begins to speak? This is how it's always going to be. And isn't it amazing that when life is going good, fear says it's about to end? <laughs> because fear is a liar. Fear says God has given up on you. Fear says things are about to get worse. Fear will stop more people than failure ever will. Fear speaks. Fear is a liar. And once you let fear lie to you, fear will paralyze you. It will stop you in your tracks, never believing God for more. But listen, fear is a messenger, but God has a messenger. Come on, I said God has a messenger. Because the Bible said the angel came. And angel in the Greek language means messenger. God has a message for you. God has a word for you today. God, God has a phrase for you today. And here it is. Do not be afraid. You do not have to li live in fear any longer. You don't have to live with the fear of bad news. The Bible said in Psalm 112 that the righteous man will not live in the fear of bad news. Come on. We got to start believing God for good things. Believing God for sudden turnarounds. Believing God for breakthroughs. Let's not fear the worst. Let's have faith for the best. Some of y'all, every time your phone rings, if you don't if you don't recognize that number, you go, oh, Jesus, who's this? Who's this? Who's this? No, start going, oh, I bet this person wants to give me a million dollars. Hello, hey. Every time your door knocks, go run to that front door. Hey, what do you got for me? I mean, start, start, start looking for the good. Stop living in the fear of bad news because that fear will just begin to decrease your life to where you never move and you never do anything. And while life gives us many reasons to be afraid, the Lord declares, do not fear. Listen, fear screams, but peace is a whisper. Fear is obvious, but faith takes courage. Fear takes no spiritual discernment. But hope requires that your eyes stay on Jesus. Fear is a liar and the devil is counting on you to believe that lie. But Jesus is the truth.
And the Bible said he is not a man that he should lie, nor the son of man that he should repent. I'm telling you, the promise of God over your life is greater than the lie of the devil. And in Jesus' name, you're going to see the promise of God come to pass in your life. Come on, do you believe it tonight? Can we give God some praise? Come on, can you believe with me? So while I'm waiting, I will reject fear. I will not fear. Lastly, number three, rest in God's promise. Rest, excuse me, in God's faithfulness. Rest in God's faithfulness. Verse 13, the angel said, God has heard your prayer. God has heard your prayer. Now, now, this is amazing because Zechariah, the Bible said, is old. Actually, it says he's very old. I don't know what very old is, but Luke is a doctor, the guy who wrote it. So I don't know how old very old is, but Luke is making a point. And the point is, Zechariah um, can't do what he used to do when he was younger. <laughs> Amen. I hope your kids are in kids ministry. Y'all know what I'm saying? Like he's not. He's not the high school quarterback anymore. Luke is saying, Luke is saying when they were younger, Elizabeth couldn't have kids. And now that they all, well, Zechariah is a little, okay, okay, praise the Lord. <laughs> Bible's making a point. There's, there's two problems. <laughs> they both got a problem. Zechariah's now got a problem. Elizabeth's got a problem. They, 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 they can't get pregnant. Both of them. Can't get pregnant now. They're very old. So here's what's amazing. Zech, uh, the angel says, yo, Zechariah, God heard your prayer. Well, Zechariah's very old. So what's he thinking about? What did I pray about today? What did I, what did I pray about my 401k, about my retirement? God heard my prayer about my retirement. God heard your prayer about my male pattern baldness, if I should get plugs or shave or comb over, what? God heard your prayer about my stiff back. Is that what we're talking about? We're talking about my achy knees? What, what, are you, what are you talking about? God heard my prayer. What did I pray about today that was worthy of an angelic visitation? See, you need to know this today. Please hear me when I say this and, 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 and lean into this word. Your prayers never die. <laughs> Your prayers never die. Your prayers never die. They hadn't prayed for a baby in years. They hadn't believed that promise from God to be fruitful and multiply for years they hadn't stood on that promise for years but the bible said even when heaven and earth pass away his word shall never pass away listen your prayers never die the promise of god never dies the prophetic word over your life will never pass away 
You might have forgot what you said, but God does not. You've lost hope, but God remains faithful. You've moved on, but God stays right there. Just because you stopped praying doesn't mean God stopped listening. The Bible said that every prayer the saints have ever prayed in the book of Revelation, those prayers go up to heaven and they feel like what looks like a bowl filled with incense. I want you to see this. You prayed the prayer, didn't see the answer. You forgot about it, but God says, I'm still smelling that prayer. I'm still looking at that prayer. I'm still very much in tune and connected to that prayer. The Bible said in the book of Psalms that every tear that's ever left your eye, it did not evaporate. It did not just be put in a tissue. The Bible says every tear has been put in a bottle. Every prayer you've ever prayed, God heard it. Every tear you've ever cried, God saw it. And even when you left it and gave up on it, God says, I have been waiting on the right time to release the answer. You thought it was a no. The devil told you no. Your flesh said give up. But God said, I have a better yes for you. And when the devil shouts no, God says yes. And when circumstances say no, God's promise says yes. And when everything looks like it's falling apart, God says that's a perfect situation for me to get involved in. Look what 2 Corinthians chapter 1 says. It says for for no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ. Not yes and no, yes. And so through him the amen is spoken by us. By the way, the reason we're kind of crazy around here and we shout and I ask you to say amen and give God praise and lift your hands and, you know, some of you are like, is this just like spiritual, you know, aerobics or like what are... <laughs> Jabin, are you just like super insecure and you just need affirmation? No, no, no. God has said yes. And now we say amen. It's, it's not Pentecostal culture. It's not let's do this to make the white people nervous. The <laughs> shot's fired. It's not... It's not a gospel thing or a black thing or a church culture thing or a let's hype each other up thing. It's actually a supernatural conversation in the spirit that the preacher begins to declare the yes of God. The preacher begins to declare the truth of God. The preacher begins to declare the promise of God. And then we say yes in response. We say amen in response. We say so be it in response. We agree with it in response. And in that moment, God is glorified. It's not about a church culture thing that we just want to hype people up. This isn't a Tony Robbins event, though I love Tony, but I won't cuss like Tony during his events. I'm making a point. This isn't just some let's hype each other. There's an amen in the house that says amen to God's yes. And somehow in that God is glorified and the glory of God begins to move in our life. Listen, the promise of God is yes and amen. I put it like this on the screen. God is a yes and amen God. So even if he ever says no, it's because he has a better yes planned. It's not just no to be no. It's I have something better. 
And we see it. We see it right here in the text. We, we see it's God's will to have children. We see that. We see that Zechariah and Elizabeth just want to have a baby. They just believe in God. They're like every other young couple, especially in this time when, when, when children was an absolute sign from heaven of a blessing from God. Today, you know, it's more of an option, whatever. But, but back then, I mean, it was like, it was like the, the fulfillment of the marriage vow was, was to have children. And, and they're trying to have children. And they can't have children. Now, I don't know anybody who's maybe walked with God for a while. Tom, you're here. Maybe, maybe you know this to be true. Have you, have you noticed that, that, that God's time clock is not your time clock? Have you? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Have you noticed that God's timing is always perfect? It's just not our timing. Have you, have you noticed that, that, you know, the old preacher used to say he's never early, he's never late, he's always right on time, and ah, but he's always late to our time? Isn't that so true? His timing is perfect. It's just never ours. Listen to me, friend. God is a God of timing. I'm going to preach on this in 2019 at some point, but he's a God of timing, he's a God of places, and he's a God of people. And if you're, if you're out of any one of those three, it's going to slow down your destiny. I, I needed Jensen Franklin in my life, my pastor. I needed him. I couldn't do what I'm doing today without him because God's a God of people. And God assigns men and women into your life to move you forward. I, I could not do what I'm doing without him. We would not be where we are without him. Much of what you like about City Light, you actually like about Jensen Franklin. You just may have never heard him. But I couldn't, I can't do what I'm doing without him because God's got a people. Every person needs a pastor. It doesn't have to be me, but you do need a man or woman in your life that can help move you in the direction that God has for you. He's a God of people. He's a God of places. You've got to be in the right place. God told Elijah, Elijah, go to that tree. There's a woman in that city to visit. He's a God of places. There is a place for you. But he's a God of timing. And if you get the right thing at the wrong time, it's the wrong thing. So, so some of you are believing God for the right thing. It's just not the right time. Relax. Chill. It's not that what you want is wrong. It's just not time yet. If you went to New York City right now in shorts and a t-shirt, you would freeze. You wouldn't freeze in August, but you would freeze now. Timing. Timing. So they're believing for a baby and they can't get pregnant and the devil's shouting, no. They're believing for the answer to their prayer and they can't see it and their flesh is saying, no. But see, it really had nothing to do with them. So they had this baby. You can read it in your Bible. I encourage you, by the way, to read your Bible. It's incredible. It's a little commercial for the Bible. I'm going to move on. It's awesome. You'll find out that 
the baby that they were going to have, his name is John. We call him John the Baptist. And John the Baptist, the Bible said, had the spirit of Elijah. And it was John's destiny to prepare the way for the Messiah. No forerunner, no Messiah. No John, no Jesus. Okay. So it had nothing to do with Zechariah and Elizabeth. It had everything to do with the timing of the Messiah coming to the earth. Okay. So Galatians 4.4 says that in the fullness of time, in other words, in God's time, God sent his son. If Zechariah and Elizabeth would have had a baby in their youth, Mary wouldn't have even been born yet. Because scholars tell us that Mary would have been about 15, 16 years old. So if they would have had John too early. Okay. It was a timing issue. It wasn't a no, it was a not yet. It wasn't a no, it was I have something better for you. It wasn't a no, it was I'm going to teach you how to wait and look with hope. It wasn't a no, it was I'm having to prepare something and this waiting time is not wasted time. Because I... Zechariah, it has nothing to do with you. It has everything to do with your baby boy that I'm going to call to prepare the way for Jesus that would cause mountains to bow down, valleys to rise up, crooked paths to be made straight. I've, I've got a destiny on that child, but that child is connected to Jesus. And so I'm going to bring him into the earth about six months before I bring the Messiah into the earth. I know this is heavy. I know some of y'all are like, what are we talking about? Is that what we're talking about Christmas? I am. <laughs> I'm making a point. It's, it's not that your desire is wrong. It's just not the right timing. And you have to learn to trust this timing when you cannot trace him moving. You have to learn how to trust in the dark what you heard in the light. You have to believe that your life is bigger than just one simple answer to prayer. See, the moment we pray, we expect an answer, right? And I, and I think we should. But the moment you pray in the name of Jesus, you place yourself in divine order. Now that sounds awesome. It's not. Because <laughs> the moment you pray, you take yourself off the throne. You put God on the throne and you replace your timing with his timing and you're no longer ordering your life you're letting God do it and so the moment you pray you are now submitting to something greater but I want the answer now but God says but it wasn't just about the answer it's about what I'm setting up Proverbs 69 a man plans his ways but the Lord directs his steps Psalm 37, verse 23, the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. And sometimes it's not even that you're not ready. It's that the situation isn't ready. 
Like some of y'all are single and you're ready to mingle and you're actually ready to mingle. Like you're actually ready. But maybe the person God has for you isn't ready. Maybe they haven't even moved to the city yet. And while you're waiting, they're over in Cleveland right now complaining just like you are. Jesus, where's my, where's my person? Jesus. But what you don't know is that God's preparing both of you. And then in the fullness of time, in his time, because y'all both prayed in the name of Jesus and both said, your will be done. So he said, awesome, I'm going to do it my way, not your way. And don't be impatient in the waiting because every moment you wait, you get that much stronger. See, if I would have planted this church five years ago, I wouldn't have been able to handle the weight. I wouldn't have been able to fly with it like I can fly with it. If I would have planted this church, I knew I was called to plant a church 15 years ago. But if I would have planted this church five years ago, I wouldn't have been able to run with it like I'm running with it. If I, if, if I would have planted this church five years ago, I wouldn't have been able to walk with it like I can walk with it because I was too impatient. Some of you are like, but I love to run. And God's saying, yeah, but I'm actually asking you to walk. I walk out of meetings a lot, and my wife goes, you're so nice. I go, thank you, baby. Tell me more. And she goes, God, you're just so nice to people. And I, and I, I go, yeah, that, I, I, wouldn't have, I couldn't have done that five years ago. Five years ago, I would have detached heads from bodies. Because I was on fire for God, but I thought God was mean and so was I. Oh boy, I could preach and lead worship, but I was mean because I, was, I, I wasn't ready to walk with people. I wasn't ready to just go, we on a journey, we're going to take it slow. Today I can look at the church and go, hey, if you, if you can't tithe it, that's all good, man. We love you. Five years ago, I'd have been like, if you don't tithe, you're under a curse. Ah, ah, I'd have freaked out. <laughs> now I'm like, I, I, would have, I would have expected you to fly five years ago. And now I'm going, let's go for a walk. We on a walk. We're going to be doing this for, for, for the rest of my life. I'm going to be 60 leading City Light Church. I got a long time. We, we good. We good. I'm patient. Does that make sense? you're learning things now if you'll learn them you can learn things now if you'll open your eyes to it that are actually preparing you for future blessing and so now I can fly with things today that I couldn't have and I can, I can run with things today that I couldn't have and I can walk with things today that I couldn't have but I had to learn how to wait upon the Lord God heard your prayer. I've just come to tell somebody God heard you. And you might be in a yes moment. You might be in a not yet moment. You might be in a I have something better for you moment. Relax. He's got you. You're covered. Do not be afraid. Remain faithful in hope. Hold on to hope.
Hold on to what God has for you. Don't give it up. Don't forget about it. Don't quit on it. It's not a wasted season. It's a waiting season. Rest in that. Relax in that. Be calm in that. Do not fear in that. I believe you're right where you're supposed to be. Stop comparing your life. Stop stop comparing your life to expectations you put on yourself. I was supposed to be further. Who said? I was supposed to, we were supposed to have the, who said? I was supposed to be living in this zip code. Who said? I was supposed to own a home. Who said? The devil is a liar. And so is his mother-in-law. Relax. Relax. Rest. I did break the ice a little bit. Got a little tight in here. Relax. We're in such a hurry to do things that God never even told us to do. Relax. Have goals. Great. Just don't make goals your God. Have a vision. Just don't let that vision become your God. Have a hustle. Just don't let that hustle become your God. Live in the grind. I love the grind. I love to, but just don't just don't make that your God. Because because though though we we plan our 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 you know we order what does it say we plan our ways we. We set our grind, we set our speed, we set our tempo, but it's actually the Lord who directs our steps, so just relax. I said it. I believe I'm going to see it, but I'm going to grow in the waiting. And I don't want what's next. I don't. I want what God has for me. And I'm good. And I want you to be good there. Because that's where you that's where you'll actually be happy. That's where there's real joy. That's where there's real fulfillment. Am I making sense to anybody? God heard your prayer. God heard your prayer. Clap your hands. God heard your prayer. Come on. Come on. And he who promised it is faithful. And he who began a good work in you will be faithful to complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. I won't pray for you, so why don't you just stretch your hand out towards heaven. Father, I pray for my brothers and my sisters. And I'm thanking you, Father, right now. We've said it. And we know that your promises are yes. And We say amen to it. And now, while we're waiting to see it, we're going to wait with hope. We're going to look with hope. We're going to remain faithful. We're going to reject fear. And we're going to rest. We're going to rest in your faithfulness. Great is thy faithfulness.